This is Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast of the slightly unusual. Here's your host, Peter Anthony Holder. Hello and welcome to Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast that takes you off the beaten path, introducing you to people who have slightly quirky hobbies or businesses. The folks at the Guinness World Records have long been known to catalog some of the quirkiest of feats. Some are extremely impressive. Others are, frankly, records that no one else seems to be shooting for. But for the most part, all are entertaining. It just so happens that on this edition of Business Beyond Bazaar, we have not one, but two Guinness World Record holders, and both are here in Canada. Maybe that in itself is a record. Actually, I doubt it. We start off in Stratford, Ontario, where there is a small theater, a very small theater. In fact, the 13-seat Little Prince Micro Cinema is listed by the folks at Guinness as the world's smallest purpose-built cinema in operation. As someone who spent six of my teenage years working in theaters as either an usher or projectionist, I'm envious of Lee Cooney who is the owner and operator of this minuscule movie mecca. But when he started the small cinema, he wasn't really after any records. When I set out to build this place, it was not my intention at all, actually. We were just going to build a little screening room. So, I mean, folding chairs, pull-down screen, that sort of thing, to just to support local short filmmakers. And then once I started doing it, I thought, you know, we should do tiered seating, obviously, so you can see over people's heads. And then I thought, well, if we're going to do tiered seating, then we should put some old-timey wallpaper and some red velvet curtains. And it just sort of grew from there. You know, after a little while, it started looking more and more like a tiny theater. And then at some point we decided to, you know, just do a little Googling, look for some inspiration out there, see what other people had done. And that is how we came across the previous world record holder for the world's smallest movie theater. And we thought, hey, ours is already by default going to be about five or six seats uh, smaller than theirs. So we figured, well, then why don't we see what we can do? Now, to be clear, the record states that the world's smallest theater has to be the world's smallest purpose-built cinema, meaning it's open to the general public. Moguls who have screening rooms in their bunkered basement just for their friends need not apply. Lee started his theater as a way to host film festivals for budding filmmakers. Size matters here because the whole idea of building a tiny theater was to showcase short films. Yeah, so that's sort of where that came from. It was either established, quote-unquote, I guess, short filmmakers, or in most cases, it was people who were just dabbling and were interested, and that's who we really wanted to support, people who were kind of getting their feet wet a little bit in the short film industries. So then it grew from there into being, you know, we started accepting people from Toronto, being our closest big city, I guess, Kitchener, London, that sort of thing. And now we work with anybody who submits, obviously. It's no longer a, a local competition thing. Now it's just a, an opportunity to showcase short films. Lee reached out to the folks at Guinness to find out if his theater would qualify. That was the easy part. Then he had to go through the Guinness hoops. 
They have a lot of hoops. Guinness being a UK organization, obviously, they don't have any of their own witnesses this far away. So we contacted them when we had discovered the Cabiria Cine Cafe in Brazil was the previous record holder. And we Googled them. And as far as I could tell, they were actually defunct anyway, which sort of by default made us the smallest. So then we reached out to Guinness. At first, we were just interested in what the process was. It turned out to be quite extensive, which we at the time did not realize and soon came to learn over the course of the 15 or 16 months or whatever it was to today, basically. Yes, we reached out to Guinness. We asked them, you know, what does it take? They gave us a very long list of of requirements, uh, you know, witnesses and architects and drawings and et cetera, et cetera, photos, all these things. And then we started the process then. So then we got to that point. We applied in November of 2020. And then between COVID and being shut down, because, you know, it's hard to be the smallest operational theater if you're not operational. So we were shut down a lot. And then hunting down witnesses they came up with some very specific witnesses they needed. I think it was an architectural historian with a specification in the history of movie theaters in North America or something. I mean, it was way too much of a niche for us to find somebody. So we ended up combining a few people, a couple of architects, a couple of historians, that sort of thing. We kept going back and forth with Guinness, trying to find out what they needed, sending them, reapplying. They'd get back to us with something, we'd reapply. And then it took us, yeah, like I say, over a year, about 15 or 16 months when they finally responded and said, we're good. We have now got the record. Ah, but heavy is the head that wears the crown. Is Lee concerned about someone else going after his newfound record? Sure, yeah. That's been, you know, a concern, I guess, since day one. Um, You know, we thought to ourselves, well, if we could do this, then couldn't somebody else very easily do this? I think the one positive aspect of Guinness being so... um, Anal? You know, anal is the word. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> for, for lack of a better word, for being so anal about what they required is that it makes it very difficult for us, for someone else to come along and unseat us, right? It's, uh, you know, it's like someone else might think, oh, I can do that, no problem. And, you know, they're going to whip something together and, that, and they're going to find out very quickly that it's not as easy as that, right? I did think about just building a second cinema that was like one seat, just so that if someone tried doing that, I could say, no, 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 wait a second, we got another one here. It's now it's just one seat. But no, that doesn't bother me, honestly. I figure it's only a matter of time, hopefully not a short time. But uh, before someone does try, and and I mean, that's okay. As long as we, we did it once and, you know, they can, no one can ever take that away from us. So it'll be exciting no matter what. If someone else tries to break the record, the only way they could possibly do it would be to literally unseat him. But fear not, the proprietor of the world's smallest theater has some big plans. This is not exactly a, a massive moneymaker, and it was never intended to be. We're just passionate about what we do, and if it, if it keeps us in business and keeps us afloat, then I'm happy. But certainly, the response so far, the feedback so far has been phenomenal. I think it can only be good for us. There's only so many Saturdays in a week, and obviously everyone wants sort of the Friday night, Saturday night thing. But really, the goal is, and this has been something we've been sitting on for about a year now, we were hoping to eventually open a second or third location. You know, we thought, hey, there's other small towns like ours that can't necessarily carry the weight of a, of a traditional movie theater. So we thought it might be nice to open little screening rooms in small towns, maybe around Southern Ontario to start with. And we were just holding off on that to, until we you know, came out the other end of COVID and, and got this whole thing launched. So, I mean, if worst case scenario, this is, or I guess best case scenario, this is so good that we can't, we can only book Friday night, Saturday night so many times, then what we'll probably do is open a second location with a similarly sized screening room, slightly bigger than this one, obviously, so that we're not competing with ourselves. So I think it'll be good. It'll be very, very beneficial in one shape or another that's lee cooney putting the small in small business to find out more about lee's teeny tiny theater you can check out their website at the little business beyond 
bizarre. When it comes to collecting things, there are different strokes for different folks. Some people collect baseball cards. Others collect Barbie dolls or salt and pepper shakers. For one man in Markham, Ontario, he believes that things go better with Coke. Gary Fang is another Guinness World Record holder. That's because he has the largest collection of soft drink cans of the same brand. When we spoke to him late last year, he was the proud record holder of 11,308 different Coca-Cola cans. That's right, no two are the same. Where does one begin with a hobby like this? Oh, he just started like I believe around 20 years ago. I just pick up a can that had a really unique design. I、uh, just can't stop from there. I remember when I first started that I'm not so crazy about that. So I just pick up the cans when I'm having vacation overseas. All my family and friends go overseas and pick up some cans for me.、Uh, just start from there, right? With such an extensive collection. One has to set up a special way to display them all. Gary's basement has been transformed into a kind of Coca-Cola museum. Oh, by the way, I did mention the number of eleven thousand three hundred and eight. That's the number he amassed just to break the record. He has more. Oh, like I have more cans than then right now, cause I just keep growing. I can't stop this hobby. Like when I'm free, especially right now, the COVID nineteen pandemic, I have more time just sitting at home and then、uh, browse the internet, the, the chat with the collectors all over the world, and then trade with them. So the numbers still are increasing. Yes, you heard right. Collectors all over the world, more than you could possibly imagine. In fact. It was through such contacts that his dream of being the record holder first started to effervesce. We actually talk each other on internet with all the collectors around the world, right? So I believe it was 2015.、Uh, there was a collector friend named David from Italy. He was hosting that record, and then like I was still thinking, oh, maybe I have. More cans than he has. Then having a Guinness record title would be really cool, right? So I just like count the thing and then submit my package, and then eventually got this record. With so many cans to choose from, surely there are a few that are superior among equals. Does Gary have a favorite? There were some special cans just designed for some special event. My favorite piece would be the space can that in the eighties that the human being went out to the space, right? And Coca Cola actually designed one can to、uh, go up the space with、uh, these people. And then let these people can enjoy Coca-Cola can in the space. That's a really tough piece to boldly go where no can has gone before. Even though Gary has his coveted space can, there are still so many that he only wishes he could get. And ironically, one of those he's missing has a certain space connection. Oh, there are so many of them. To give you an example, being a local can, that there is a Star Wars can.、Uh, it's a Canadian can. I haven't got it in my collection yet. I would love to have it, but like I've been searching for years, I haven't got a chance to get it yet. Notice he said yet. He's like Yoda, going after that Star Wars can. Try, he must. So right about now, you're probably asking yourself that, with all the notoriety that comes with being a Guinness World Record holder, surely the folks at Coca-Cola must be ecstatic, over the moon with joy on Gary's success. Perhaps some swag is going his way, or just a proverbial high five.
Nope. Nothing but crickets. Surprisingly not. As I mentioned in the Guinness book too, right? Like I would love to have a can with my own picture on it. The Guinness theme can. It would be nice. I think it would be a wonderful piece to display in my collection. But like no one from Cook ever contacted me since though. Okay. I really can't let this go. Here is a Guinness World Record holder who can't seem to get any traction from Coca-Cola in either direction. Meaning, they haven't reached out to him, and when it comes to adding to his collection, he can't get anything from them. And while he does say, on more than one occasion, that he'd like to get his picture on a can, it's not a matter of conceit. There is precedence for it. We have some uh, collectors' clubs out there, right? So the biggest one will be the Coca-Cola Collectors Club in the States. Actually, those guys have really good relationship from uh, Coke headquarters in Atlanta. But yeah, like I, I tried to email them actually before I attend the Guinness Record. I'm, I'm saying, look, like if I get this title, is there any chance to have my own can? But the reply was no, though. Maybe it's time to change to Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you the story that the, the first uh, Guinness Record holder was a Pepsi collector. And then the Pepsi company actually issued a can for him for his breaking the Guinness Record. Maybe it is time to change to Pepsi. After all, Coke has gone all flat on the idea of any kind of promotion. Anyway, Gary is content with his record, and he doesn't even mind if someone gunning for him breaks it. I'm really happy to have this record, right? Let's say going forward, some other collectors decide to, you know, oh, I have more cans than Gary, then let's break the record, and then they have the title. I don't mind, because, like, I have achievement in my collecting life already, so I don't really mind it. He's a humble man who just loves his collection. If you want to check out Gary's collection, you can go to his site at cokecans.citymax.com. Hello, Coca-Cola. It's still not too late to call him. Come on, he's the real thing. Next time on Business Beyond Bazaar. There's a guy in the UK who has a tank taxi, a real refurbished armored personnel carrier that he tools around town in and picks up a little extra cash. He always wanted one, so now he's tankful. And we'll go out and find the founder of Found Magazine. You'll find out what Found is all about, and we're doing this for free. So, there's no finder's fee. This has been Business Beyond Bazaar, a presentation of Flying Fish Communications and Group Fairplay. Play.